sets your butane torches to high and your expectations to low. Coming to you from the Cigar Cave in the hills of the Steel City, get ready to get your fix. This is the Cigar Junkies Podcast. Welcome to the Cigar Junkies Podcast. The cigar show for the community, by the community. A forum that talks stogies, booze, food, and anything else in the cigar lifestyle. If you're looking for ratings, negativity, or an authority on all things cigars, you came to the wrong place. Whether you like what you hear or not, please join the conversation and let us know by finding us at the Cigar Junkies Facebook group or contacting us at thecigarjunkies at gmail.com. What's up, junkies? Oh my, it is an unfamiliar face in the cigar cave. What do you do? When Sam Hoffman is busy. What do you do when you have no intern? Easy. You call a local EMT and then you take the big old uh, logo off the screen. <laughs> if possible. There we go. So now you can see his beautiful face. Uh, Ryan Seneca, thanks for, for filling in at a pinch, buddy. This is why you're the consigliere. Yeah. So uh, how do you feel? Are you are you nervous? Are you just like, eh? I, I've seen this shit. I'm, I'm unimpressed. I mean, it's it's fine. We'll, right, we'll get through it. Yeah. <laughs> the enthusiasm is palpable. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. So uh, you're going to be my Sam this week. Uh, so let's start with that. How was the week, man? Anything interesting? No. Um, a lot going on at work right now. So, uh, you know, I'm used to working from home and probably uh, been going into work the last 10 days. Um so clarify, because I don't know if I'm super clear on what you do, because I, I know I've been told, but I know you're an EMT, but you're not doing that from home. Right. So <clears throat> I'm a, a manager for a healthcare service. Okay. Uh, so I do a lot of, you know, HR functions and just different administrative stuff. And then I, uh, I still work clinically about 24 hours every two weeks. Um, but with everything going on, I haven't been able to do that. So it's been uh, strictly administrative, which it's nice when you can do it from home. It's not nice when you have to go in. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I guess that explains a little bit of the demeanor. Do you at least get any uh, good cigars in, cigar trips, uh, oh. anything, good drinks, anything? Yeah, so uh, what did I have last night? I had uh, I had the Alec Bradley uh, Corinthian Leather. All right. And uh, I forget what else I had. Oh, the Undercrown 10. That was a care package one, yep. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. with the, the yellow ribbon. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, that's cool, though. Uh, well, like I said, man, I, I appreciate you filling in at a pinch. Obviously, we did not do a show on Friday because my ass was in a different state. Uh, many states northward, actually, as far directly north as we could go without being in Canada. Uh, the family and I vacationed up to Maine to uh, Acadia State Park. Uh, for the last week, which was super enjoyable, unless you count the drive. And I'm choosing not to, because it was a lot of driving. Yeah. Uh, like six, 16 hours or something the first day we spent in the truck, it was a it was a rough time. And then we detoured on the way home, so um, in addition to getting to see the beautiful coastlines. Dude, that's one thing about Maine, like up there. So I've never been in a place that has so much coastline. Because it's jagged. You know what I mean? It's yeah. in and out and in and out. And so we would drive on occasion to the other side of, I don't even know what to call it, like the little peninsula that we were on mm-hmm. uh, to get to the main state park. Because we were in a, uh, a VRBO house, which was really cool. There was uh, seven of us there. Uh, big deck, had a fire pit, 
had access direct access with a dock to the water so we took all our kayaks up and stuff nice um and it was on a inlet to the bay um but it was just so cool that you just drive around and like you'd make a turn and be like wow that's a postcard it's beautiful yeah. rocky shores everywhere um kids had a great time climbing around and looking for crabs and stuff and uh all that that funness i suppose but so on the way up there noticed like my wife's talking about uh, we're we're going to be in new hampshire we're going to be here and here and i was like new hampshire i started looking at a map well it turned out it was only a half an hour out of our way to drive to salem new hampshire on the way home so i packed up the family both families early and we hit the road uh drove four and a half hours south uh to new hampshire uh and hooked up with uh with our boy friend of the show a friend to me personally seth jones uh, he's only like an hour and a half from there. Met up with me, and we went to the uh, the live show for the Cigar Authority, um, which I've listened to for about 10 years. Not so much in the last couple as I used to, but uh, I still do listen to them more than anybody else. And uh, so it was really cool to get in there and meet everybody and see the space for the first time and uh, hook up with Ryan. Or I'm uh, Seth. Sorry, Ryan. Damn. I don't know who I insulted more in that one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but it was cool, man. Do talk about it. Talk about making our, sh- our shit look like a shack, but in all fairness, like, you know, he, he spent like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars on yeah. that shit. Uh, but it's pretty incredible to see in person. It was nice to meet all them. And the coolest part was I was hoping maybe they would give a mention. And, uh, I think they referenced me like six times during the show. And at least four of them said the cigar junkies podcast outright, which was super cool. Um, because they are obviously the big dogs with yeah. like audience in the hundreds of thousands and we've got four. So <laughs> that's, you know, comparable, good, but yeah. they said they would double us from two to four. Um, and they did they definitely, yeah. that, that commitment is for sure there, but it, it was fun. It was fun screwing around with, uh, Jonathan picking on him and shit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Well, you, you listened to it. Did I you did. think it was, uh, you know anything anything to be proud of i don't know if i'm proud of it but it was like kind of cool yeah so i i thought it was cool like right off the bat they mentioned the podcast um i'm not a big drew estate swisher fan um just not my thing um but the episode was good the content was good the banner was good um i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would it was a little a little long like, actually, it was worse in person. Really? Yeah, than it was, because I listened to it later, and I might have been, like, a little geeked up listening so that I could kind of keep track of the moments. But it felt slower in person. And, um, you know, but at the same time, it is cool information. It's just maybe that information could have been condensed over a shorter period of right. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the fact that Mr. Jonathan uh, flat out started yelling at me in the middle of the show, calling me a jackass... <laughs> Uh, was definitely the highlight for sure. Um, so we had a good time. It was pretty cool. Uh, but I suppose we should address the uh, the elephant in the room here and get to what we're smoking. Uh, this cigar is actually brought to you by me. Um, however, because of a relationship and a, an event that I've got going on a little bit later on, we're going to hear a word from this sponsor. It's time for the Cigar of the Week, brought to you by Leaning House Fine Cigars. The Leaning House is your destination for the ultimate cigar smoking experience. 
Whether you're exploring their wide selection of premium cigars, unwinding in their comfortable lounge, or enjoying live music on one of the most unique and intimate live music venues in the Berg, the house has something for everyone. Do you want to try the stick we're smoking today? Stop by leaninghousefinecigars.com or visit Dave in Bel Vernon or Heidi in Brownsville. Wherever you are, make the house your home for premium cigars. So, particularly to Sam, if you're butthurt wondering why, first of all, I paid for them. I can choose uh, which commercial to play. But later on, pay event, uh, attention in the events section and uh, you'll maybe figure out why uh, I gave it to Dave this week. Without further ado, we are smoking. The DBL Maduro Extra Viejo. Um, this is a five and a quarter by fifty. Um, it is a box press. Um, it's got it's it's kind of one of those questionable box presses. Like one side has a sharp corner on it, the other side's kind of round and easy on mine, so it's almost like a soft press. Um, but it has a Mexican era paraca wrapper, a uh, Dominican binder and filler from Dominican and Brazil. Uh, this is presented in a breathtaking humidor. You don't have to. You can get this in a, in a box count of 20, I think. I was talking to Rick Evers on the phone, uh, our local rep for DBL. Um, but the breath, and it is a breathtaking mm-hmm. humidor with 41 cigars in three sizes, Toro, Robusto, and Gordo. Uh, and each is equipped with a lock and key humidifying device and hygrometer. So what happened was I went, this is my first time smoking this cigar. Uh, Sam gave me his uh, nod of approval, said it was really good, uh, said it's heavy on the presence of the fire-cured tobacco, mm-hmm. which I dig. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going into it blind. But I started pulling the info off of the old interweb uh, so that I could identify the different parts of the cigar. And the first thing I see is this humidor. And I'm like, what right. the fuck is this, dude? Like, I did not see that at the shop. Um, so... Immediately, I start texting Rick Evers. <laughs> like, is this available? Is this a limited thing? What's going on? Um, while I waited for his response, I went and looked at some of the other stuff they have, like the limited presentation. Have you seen? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. It's a hell of a name. Uh, but have you seen any of the other humidors that they offer? I've seen this one. I don't know that I've seen the other ones. Um, dude, wait till you see this. I'm going to pull it up. Um, so first of all, Rick does get back to me, which I appreciated very much. And uh, so he essentially tells me um, that initially they only offered the cigars in the humidors. That was it. And Rick convinced uh, Francisco to start producing boxes of 20 um, just because it was going to be friendlier to um, cigar shop shelves. It went for one thing. For the other thing, it's a it's a large quantity to commit to for right. like most most smokers. There's yeah. a lot of people that'll grab it up anyway, but I mean it's a lot. Um, so I think it's definitely a smart play. But if you see the presentation on these guys, it'll definitely make you reconsider buying a box and be like, "Yo, get me a humidor." Um, so I'm gonna see if I can while this is loading. Anyways, see if I can set up the option to screen grab it. So bear with me for just one second. Why don't you tell the uh, kids what your initial thoughts are on the cigar? I like it. So um, I've never had a DBL. I have a couple in my humidor. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, definitely taste the fire cure. It's going really well with the with the bourbon that we're drinking. Uh, a little bit dark. I would say uh, body's about a about a seven. So. 
I would say so. I mean, it's difficult to tell if the pairing bourbon is very good, but I mean, it's a little, in my opinion, a little thick on the palate. So it's a little different than going into it just flat out, but um, definitely not lacking. Yeah. All right. So I'm pulling up. It's this guy right here. Ah, why'd you go away? All right. This guy. I'm going to pull it up for the kids at home. The DBL Derame 3. Okay. Look at that. Your <laughs> box that shit comes in, dude. Is it like and this. it comes with the cutter and the lighter as well. And the price tag is not what you would think it would be. Really? This <clears throat> is like two forty. I would do right? that. Yeah. Right? Who's buying a box of these right? when you can get that? That is incredible. You said lock and key. Uh it, it, yes, this one has one as well. Um, and then if we go into, I believe the core line is going to have, I don't know, limited editions, exclusive, edi- this one. So it's an exclusive edition. So the computer is running a little slow to keep up, but that's the box for the cigar that we're smoking right now, the extra. And, and I'm like, dude, that is so freaking pretty. I need to have that. Yeah. <laughs> like right away. So... Of course, I had to uh, start hitting up Rick and, and starting a conversation about all that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about DBL cigars. So I found, since we're already on the, we, we don't normally like to give the nod to the big boys because we figure they've got their own their, their own following, more than enough. Um, but if you're not familiar with the Cigar Authority, uh, as I stated earlier, I've been listening for a long time and a member of their care package, um, the care package prime, which includes five cigars a month for twenty nine ninety nine, includes shipping. So, you know, for the last few months to a year, it's been OK. Like, yeah. it's always a good value. I'm always happy with it. But there hasn't been a lot of stuff in there that's really knocked my socks off until I got to that DBL uh, Amarillo Fancy Bellicoso. And that is a really standout cigar just by looking at yeah. it. Dude, you see that cigar and you're like, okay, somebody put some time into this. Mm-hmm. The price point, I think, is incredibly reasonable as well. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's under 10 Yeah. It's freaking nuts, dude. So I know nothing about these guys except for I like the cigar. So I start looking up any information I can find online and I start spam calling <laughs> the owner of the company, um, Francisco Almonte, all the time. Like, Dude, how do I get these? Who has them? We need them here. And uh, eventually I get put in contact with uh, Rick Evers, who is the regional rep, not just for Pennsylvania, but several other states. And I reached out and I was like, yo, man, what the fuck are you guys doing? This shit's incredible. Why do we not have it here? And uh, he essentially says that he had made a trek into Pennsylvania one time and just didn't see a lot of interest. So there's only like two shops in the state at that time. Um, that had been carrying them. And I'm like, you're talking to the wrong people, bro. Like, <laughs> you need to, like, send me a couple of cigars to say to make sure, like, it's not just that one. Let me let me have a couple. I want to give one to Sam because I'm trying to get him to take you on. And uh, so he did. And Sam and, and immediately was like, yeah, I'm ordering these. Yeah. And uh, then Chichingo and Patty, friends of the show, I guess they've actually, Rick says they've been going all over the state different shops, carrying around those cigars and handing them out to people at those shops. You need to order this. Try this. 
<laughs> so a lot of people doing Rick's work for him right now, but that's okay because the product's good. So here's a little bit of background. Francisco Almonte started working with tobacco at the age of seven, uh, deveining leaves for his father. And by the time he was 12 years old, he was rolling cigars. Tobacco quickly became his passion and creating fine premium cigars became his mission. Francisco had the unique opportunity to work under the tutelage of two of the world's most famous cigar makers, Carlos Fuente uh, and Lido Gomez at La Florida Minicana. And apparently uh, Francisco worked uh, like as a business manager or something for LFD for a pretty reasonable amount of time. Um, and both legendary cigar makers passed down an abundance of knowledge to Francisco, who in turn has incorporated the knowledge, experience, and craftsmanship into his own brand, DBL, which stands for Dominican Big Leaguer. Apparently very passionate about uh, yeah. baseball which I'm sorry that part goes over my head, but it's not necessary, I don't think, to be able to enjoy the cigar. So um, my, like I said, man, like this is this is the thing that has knocked my socks off more than anything in the last decade shy of Aladino. Like this is how I felt when I got on the Aladino cigars. Yeah, and like you said, like almost nobody's carrying them around here. Like I saw Just the Tip has them. There's one other shop that I know of that has them, and they were on sale. Like, it's already cheap. Their prices are great. Their quality is incredible. Um, and like I said, dude, like, just looking through some of the products they have, the packaging, if you go for the full humidor, dude, I'm going to make sure Sam has a couple of both of them. I'm going to be talking to uh, Rick and Francisco about getting me a couple here. Ah, oh, God damn it. That's what happens. I get distracted. If only... Sorry for leaving that window up. Actually, I mean, are there any complaints? I don't see any. No, uh, just Lindsay, but she uh, complains about everything. Yeah, but I mean, wasn't it nice to have that break yeah. from seeing us? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm going to be talking to him about getting a couple that I could show off for social media, yeah. um, show them on the show, because I think it's absolutely incredible and ridiculous. I, if you have ever enjoyed a fire-cured cigar, give these guys a shot. And if you haven't, um, that doesn't mean, you know, the stuff is not all the same strength, and I don't know if it's all fire-cured. But every single cigar that I've had from there so far, including this one, the Amarillo, and the four-pack, which includes neither of these cigars, um, all of them were great. Yeah. So... So is this your first experience with them? Have you smoked it other is. stuff? I, I haven't smoked anything from DBL. I've had, I've had fire cured. So I think the, the only other fire cured I've had was the, the Kentucky fire cured from Drew Estate. And so for me, I thought that that cigar alone, I didn't like it. And Woodford double oaked alone, didn't really care for it. I put them together and it was a dream. It was oh, so yeah. good. So there is something to the pairings, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, I like, uh, I like the occasional Toscano and the reason yeah. I like it's for the fire cure, yeah. man. Like it's obviously a very different smoking experience than if you're going to sit down with a premium cigar. Mm -hmm. With that being said, man, like, uh, Toscano has a very unique place for a cigar smoker and mostly just the, Hey man, something quick. If you want to cut one in half or, the backup stick that you yep. don't have to humidify. And I love it for both of those reasons. Throw it in your golf bag. Yeah, you ever hang out with uh, a cigarette smoker? And it's like, 
they're going outside to to smoke a cigarette because you're somewhere non-smoking, and you go, ah, shit, like, I can't smoke something down fast enough. Right. There ain't no fucking way, and maybe it's freezing outside, and you don't want to hang. Like, that is a great uh, place to have something like a Toscano. Um, but, man, these DBLs are just firing on all cylinders for me. For sure. So, you know me. I don't want to be pushy. Try these fucking cigars. <laughs> I've already committed uh, to uh, to up in their numbers, but I I think uh, once Sam gets opened up, uh, and uh, you know I can funnel some people over to this brand, I think it's going to pick up pretty yeah. fast, dude. This is I I don't know who you talked to when you were here, but somebody either missed the boat or you undersold. I think even for as strong as this is. I think that it's something that somebody who doesn't smoke a lot of cigars can pick up and smoke. I think it just has enough flavor to do that. I agree. Um, also, at the same token, like, this is uh, flavor. Uh, but that's the old debate, right? Flavor and strength. This does not feel like a tobacco-heavy no. cigar. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I'm sorry, a nicotine-heavy. Right. right. This is not like... If I think about who makes the stronger stuff right now, it's going to be AJ, maybe back to Pepin. Um, or, or LFD. Mm-hmm. This is not like smoking a fucking digger, where you get a quarter of the inch into that like eight inch long cigar, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I need a, I need a timeout. Um, this is actually really accessible, I think, um, barring potentially the fire cure. It, I think that's something that people love or don't. Yeah, you know. But the thing about these cigars for me is more than any other cigar. It's like I could cold draw this all day if I wasn't so tempted to just light it. The cold draw in this is incredible. If you're one of those people that likes to just walk around with an unlit cigar in your mouth for half of the day, dude, this is one for you. It's like not boring. That's what my dad did. Yeah? My dad, he's chewed cigars for 50 years. Never lit one. No. Never once. Never. Never. That's a little crazy. I know. That's like uh, uh, Shannon's Aunt Judy. Love Aunt Judy. She's uh She's a sassy lady. Um, <laughs> we just vacationed with them. Um, Aunt Judy makes the most incredible far- from scratch cheesecake you'll ever eat in your entire life. And she does not just cheesecake, like they're themed. Like she do the apple pie cheesecake or mm-hmm. Reese's or one day she did, uh, one time she did a chocolate covered pretzel one for me. Um, you know, caramel. She do all these different crazy cheese, never eats them. She'd never eaten a bite of cheesecake in her life. I think she's like fucking terrified of it. Like, I don't know if, if she had family members like that died from diabetes or something or what. And yeah. she's just like, dude, dude, like it would be all over for me if I took that first bite, but doesn't eat them. It's more for you. For hundred <laughs> percent. I got no problem, man. I ain't complaining. Um, and we've come up with some pretty, pretty fun ideas for some different shit over the years. And, uh, she's very cool to always indulge us. But uh, what's up, Rick Evers? Dude, really, I just finished blowing you for like the last half an hour, and then you come in. Mm. (laughs) Um, So, so far, I would say close to a third of the way in for me, maybe a quarter. Um, Draw on it is incredible. Like, the draw is perfect. Absolutely perfect. And the burn is really good for a box press. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you're familiar with box presses, just going all over the fucking place on you. Um, it is well made. They don't have the issue with 
Ah, there you Okay, we just didn't see it until now, Rick. So I, I don't know. Facebook's a little silly. So I appreciate you chiming in and letting us know you're here, though. Um, I've noticed with box presses, some people are a little ginger about it. Have you, you smoked the 2012 by Oscar Valadares? Yes. Some of the best tasting blends I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So underfilled and the, the cigar performs so poorly. Um, it just blows my mind. Um, and I, I know that he does other box press stuff. I think, well, does, isn't some of the Oscar Valadares uh, proper stuff? box press i can't think of the top of my head if they're in around or not but i feel like i've had something that i was like oh yeah they can do it but for some reason those blends are underfilled and it's just very disappointing to me because it's like man it's like smoke and air right and it's over in in 30 minutes and it's all wonky and lopsided and fucking smoke all over the place um this is somebody that knows how to make a box press cigar um so good job francisco when I first started smoking, uh, box press was my preference. Yeah. But not anymore. I still like it. I, I, I'm going to get shot for this, but I like the way it feels in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> fucking a little pancake, huh? <laughs> um, is double BP. All right. You know what the hell he's talking about? No. Me neither, buddy. Need a little more clarification, Rick. He says that the extra Viejo is double BP, but... Double box press. Double box press. Um, I live in Bethel Park. BP is Bethel Park. I'm doing this wrong, man. <laughs> Double there box. we go. There we Fair go. Fair enough. Thank you. Right. There you go. That's. I'm down with it. Um, so I've never uh, had a cigar that I said, oh, man, I wish this was round or I wish this was box pressed. Um, a good cigar is a good cigar and a bad one's a bad one. There is something to be said for if you're smoking outdoors like not having to worry about a cigar rolling away right. from you, yep. then like you're like, okay, the utility of this is definitely evident. Um, but again, there are people that don't know how to do it well. Um, and, and on the same token, too, like David Garofalo did the, was it the candy bar or the cigar bar? Yeah. That he was like, okay, let's get companies to box press stuff that normally isn't. Um, and I had nothing but bad experiences with those on construction. Hmm. Plugged cigars out the wazoo. It was just, you know, it felt like, okay, maybe this one's just meant to be this way. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of something to it. A little bit hard to say. Uh, yeah, 10 years, uh, Francisco was the master blender for LFD. Uh, Rick chimes in with us. So, hopefully, he made it uh, made it home before the weather got fucking chaotic. I did not. <laughs> I went out to get my tire plugged, and I came out, and it was a freaking monsoon. And then I had to drive the kid to the dentist. And uh, we had uh, debris falling all around us. <laughs> it was a, it was a little Old Testament for my liking. What's up, Steve Jones? Thanks for jumping in and hanging out with us. Um, I think uh, I think we're a little far enough in. Let's go ahead and find out what is in the news. It's time for the cigar news, brought to you by Tom's Penworks. As a cigar smoker, you appreciate luxury, and as a premium cigar smoker, you appreciate handmade craftsmanship. And as a customer of Tom's Penworks, you'll appreciate the selection of custom-made, limited-production items that you can show off to your friends. From handmade pens, pencils, bottle openers, cigar cases, and now custom rings, Tom will create something special for you or your loved one. Find them on the web at etsy.com slash shop slash Tom's Penworks. And as always, you can find the link in the description for this episode. 
The smoke production on this is so good, and I know that because I went to check the monitor and make sure everything looked okay, and all I could see was a cloud where <laughs> my body had been a moment before. Uh, so fantastic, fantastic uh, smoke production on this stick. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Foundation Cigar Company to launch the Matapa, or the Matape, or the Matapa, I don't know, at the 2023 PCA trade show. Uh, it is a two-blend line that pays homage to the renowned Nicaraguan post Ruben Dario. Uh, this is the first widespread release by Foundation to feature a Sumatra wrapper. Like the 2022 Olmec release, Matapa is being released in a Claro and Maduro Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Uh, the remainder of the blend features a Connecticut broadleaf binder and fillers from Nicaragua. The cigar is available in the same four sizes for both the Claro Amadora blends, Corona Gorda, Robusto, Toro, and Double Corona. AJ Fernandez is handling the production. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Caseta Oktoberfest 2023 is going to be showcased at PCA 23. Back in 2011, Caseta introduced Oktoberfest line. The intent of this line was for Caseta to deliver a cigar blend that could be paired with your favorite malt beverage. It's an annual limited uh, edition line that has been released in an assortment of different sizes, an assortment of different blends, and even made in different countries. Uh, this will be the third year. Uh, developing the known Casada Oktoberfest blend with a San Andreas wrapper. This year they are adding a Solomon Press, uh, unique size first introduced in 2014 with a 40th anniversary line. The cigar measures six and three quarter by 50 and is pressed in the center, but rounded on the edges with tapering near the middle and ends. Uh, it, it was an event only uh, size for the Oktoberfest 2014 and once again will be used in the same size just for events. Illusion Cigars will introduce an exclusive cigar at the PCA trade show under its Cigares Privé brand that will be available for retailers to purchase. Cigares Privé was originally a brand launched by Illusion for its private label project. Eventually, the brand was folded into the portfolio, and the company is now disclosing, is not disclosing a lot of details other than it will be a 6x50 Toro containing tobaccos from Honduras and Nicaragua, and it will be produced at Forbica de, de Tobacos Reces Cubanos S. Day R L. That's a lot of fucking things. <laughs> Can we just be like the, the tobacco place? I don't know. So, something a little less tongue tying. A total of 795 10 packs will be allocated. Um, so somebody smoked like five 10 packs, so they couldn't have even 800. They're just like hidden under some kid's mattress, I think. The <laughs> CLE Cigar Company released the Asylum 867 line at the PCA trade show. Uh, the line was previously known as Deadwood Tobacco Company Chasing the Dragon line, and the three blends under Chasing the Dragon have now been rebranded with Asylum 867 name. Uh, they are described as an aromatic smoking experience using to exotic tobacco. Uh, a few other footnote here, uh, cigars to be showcased at PCA include the Adventura, the Navigator, Ponce de Leon, Blackwork Studio, Poison Dart, Matilde Limited Exposure, and Crowned Heads, Mildias Tropis. So, and then, got to go 911 calls. Uh, you got, I assume you know what's going on there. I do not. Yeah. Uh, and, well, ugh, I cannot open your... Uh, your your news here on half wheel uh rick evers posted something for me dbl's la tabla shipping next week so let me go ahead and just do a quick little browse and see if we can figure out what that's all about while i kill some time and ryan seneca kills his phone because it's vibrating <laughs> off 
the the it's wine. Good. It's good. It's a good. It's a good one. Good vibration. <laughs> <laughs> have you had the uh, chasing the dragon? I have not either. I was curious. Yeah, don't you know. So we're scrolling. We're scrolling. Um, unfortunately, uh, Rick, you did uh, the right thing by posting that, but I can't just click on that link from the comment. It only gives me the option, um, essentially, to report said comment. Here we go. He's coming in with the direct text message, and we've got it. Uh, this is, of course, from halfwheel.com, and the report says, DBL's La Tabla shipping next week. Uh, it is a six by, or I'm sorry, a seven by sixty four box press cigar uh, called the Latabla, Spanish for the word board. Uh, uses sun grown sun grown Araparaca seed wrapper grown in Mexico over a Cameroon seed binder grown in Ecuador, and three different types of filler tobaccos. Corojo ninety nine grown by DBL in the Dominican, broadly from Pennsylvania, and fire cured tobacco grown in the U S. While Araparaca is being used on the wrapper on many different cigars, it's best known as a tobacco from Brazil. Uh, MSRP, just a hair over 10. Uh, boxes at 24 and will begin shipping uh, today on June 26th. Uh, so Francisco says, I love making box press cigars and recognize there weren't many large ring gauge box press cigars in the market and wanted to introduce today's smoker to a new blend in a Vitola that is sure to impress. Um, I would say that's relatively accurate. The The biggest one that I can think of personally is the 660 by CAO, at least mm -hmm. something that I would go to in, in a regular, um, on a regular basis, the flathead. I'd still probably stick with the 554, five, uh, five, um, but the, the box press makes the 660 a lot uh, more comfortable. Yeah, I like the little spark plug they do. Yeah, that's what like five by fifty. I like I like it just because of the box that it comes in. Yeah, because it looks like you're buying spark plugs. Yeah. So I think that's an <laughs> awesome idea, dude. They make some badass accessories too. Uh, Cao man, they know how to do their branding. Mm -hmm. That fucking dad bod was incredible and a, a great packaging and everything. But the cigar was actually legit good, yeah. and uh, I was so happy that it was. Did you smoke it? I did. And what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was good, uh, especially for for the price of it. Yeah, I like the tie. Um, <laughs> that was probably my favorite part, but no, it was good. I would definitely buy it again. For me, the <clears throat> can presentation is so smart. Yeah. Just because yep. it is a smart way to store the cigars and to travel with them. Mm -hmm. And like for somebody that doesn't have a travel humidor, if you don't have a herfidor, everybody's got a cup holder, dude. Like... Somebody listened to Homer Simpson back in like the 90s when he was like, there should be cup holders everywhere. Yeah. Um, because, dude, I got two of them in my tree stand. <laughs> I've got like clip-ons that go on the railing. Um, so I don't know, man. I just think it's a really smart play. Like it'll fit in a, a water bottle holder on your backpack or whatever. Yeah. You, there's always a slot for a, a bottle or a can or something like that. And uh, So I think it's a really smart way to to package yeah I, I like the golf so for me take that can throw it right in the cup holder of the golf cart you're good to go see i tried asking that last week but i don't think if i got a clear response or not if if typically golf carts all have uh like a cup holder oh yeah is that traditional for so sure. yeah like you're good to go man. yeah there's usually four of them yeah there you go fuck yeah oh the only question that you're gonna ask yourself is where am i gonna put my beer i guess but like you know it's fine yeah, you got three others. I mean, it, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be uh, golfing with that little beer anyway. Right. Like you've got a cooler somewhere. 
Camelback. Or, I mean, if if you're playing golf, you like to throw away money anyway. So you, chances are you got your your Yeti with you. Maybe a tote bag Yeti if you don't got the money for the big boy or you don't have the back strength to lift them fucking things. So yeah, you got you got options, man. You got options, and I think that uh, can design is is just fucking brilliant for it. So so you, let's let's get a little bit into your background in yeah. terms of where you came into cigars because you, sir, are a fucking amateur professional. Uh, you've got, I've seen pictures of uh, the humidor. you got quite a collection. I do. You've got your fingers in, like, all of the social medias and um, the actual medias. Like, I know, I always hear your comments pop in on the live uh, broadcast of TCA. Um, you're jumped onto this show pretty quick. So, how'd you get into it? So, it all started. So, like I said, I like to golf. And uh, one of my buddies had asked me. It all started <laughs> flashback time. One of my buddies asked me to go golfing. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And he's like, all right, I'm going to grab a six-pack. I'm going to grab some cigars. And I'll meet you there at whatever time it was. So, I went to our local uh, tobacco shop. It's like, you know, snuff, cigarette, tobacco, like all that stuff. And then they just happen to have a wall of cigars. Yeah. No idea what I'm looking for. Um, and so shelf appeal, real things. I just picked something that looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first one I it's picked, the only, it's the only thing you can do in the beginning, right? Cause it's the only, it's the only sense of it you have. It's oh, like, yeah. that looks cool. Yeah. And the, the girl behind the counter, wasn't going to be any help. Um, so I ended up getting a Java mint cause I mean, I liked mint. I was like, this gotta be good. And then I'm like, well, I gotta get a second one. I want something that's going to have a lot of flavor. I picked out a punch Diablo. Okay. So like two opposite sides of the spectrum. So we go to the golf course, I light up the Java Mint, and it was just beautiful. Like, perfect mix of mocha and chocolate and mint. Like, nothing overpowers the other, and I was like, that was so good. We get to the back nine. It's a hot day, humid day. I light up the Punch Diablo, and uh, my mouth was on fire. I didn't think I was going to ever taste anything ever again. (laughs) Um, Maybe a little early for that one. Yeah, yeah. I was sweating both from, like, the heat and the cigar. I was dizzy, nauseated. Um, and so I do owe that cigar a revisit and uh, I'm glad that Sam's going to be carrying it cause I will, uh, I'll stop down and smoke it one day as one of those, though, th- it might be a little early for you, but your kids are going to love it kind of deal. Yeah. The back to the future yeah. fucking, <laughs> but, uh, and then I, from there I went into, I tried the acid a couple of times. was never a fan of that. It's just too synthetic for me. Went to the Deadwood. Um, Deadwood was good. And then, uh, I stopped down at dirty dogs and I talked to Tim. And I said, hey, like, this is what I've been smoking. I want to get into something different. So he uh, he helped me pick out five cigars. The first one he gave me, I hated. Um, it was a Connecticut. It's never been a Connecticut fan. Yeah. Um, but the other four were good, and then uh, just kind of built up from there. So you clearly, um, you're not married, right? No. Okay. <laughs> and you have no children? Correct. Okay, so that explains why you have so many more cigars than me and so much more alcohol than me. Because you've got room in your budget, man. Like you're like, okay, this is this is my priorities. And maybe maybe Lindsay fits in there somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere, I don't know, top top three, bottom ten, some. Somewhere. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you're not married, so you, you then you're you're welcome to take that uh position. Wife and kids number one. Cigars probably number two. Yeah. Um see, do you, and I guess how how often do you smoke? How many do you smoke a day or a week? 
I would say probably probably about six or seven a week. I, I try to do one a day. Some days I skip. Um, last week I had a day that I did six. That was probably the most I did in a day. Uh, it was up till about five thirty in the morning. You're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's usually one a day. So I've said it like a million times, but my biggest problem is however many I smoke or ho- however many I have is what I'm going to smoke. Yeah. Like if I have cigars. And I, pr- the more I have, the more I'm going to be like, fuck it, man, make it rain. I got all kinds of them in a reservoir. Um, so I will burn through them. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, you know, sometimes that keeps the quality low. You know what I mean? Because you're like, okay, I ain't going to be smoking $30 of cigars a day or whatever. Right. So um, you got to keep it a little bit lower that way. But fortunately, I found my my everyday in that Aladino Vintage Selection um, that Rothschild hits real well for me. Yeah. The problem is, is if you think six in a day is a lot, if you're smoking those little guys, you burn through them, man. I right. tell you what, on vacation at camp, you know, like if I don't have anybody watching over my shoulder, giving me a stink eye, dude, I could burn through 10 of them in a day. No problem at all. So if Aladino would come out and say they're not doing that cigar anymore, what would you go to? So that's a tough one because a lot of, I, I really do legitimately like that cigar a lot. Um, the reason that it is where it is for me is because of the price point and because I have friends that make that price point even better. Yeah. Um, so it would be a tough call. Honestly, I would probably have told you like two weeks ago that there's another Aladino in the lineup that would be close enough. Like a lot of their... Um, their Coronas or Petite Coronas or Lanceros mm-hmm. are all like really, really good price points, man. Yeah. Like a lot of their stuff. Until you get into um, the Corojo Reservas, there's almost nothing in their portfolio that really approaches like the average norm cigar price. Yeah. Um, and so I'd pr- I probably would have said, hey, I'd go to something here. But at this point, there's a real good possibility that even now, some of my smoking tendencies may end up, you know, bumping over a little bit to DBL just because um, the price point's incredible. Yeah, for sure. The cigar's incredible. Um, and, and the sizes are good, too, like for those price points. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I might probably, if you look at it in pure tobacco, it's probably not a very big difference in price for what I'm getting for those Rothschilds just because it's a smaller cigar. Yeah. And and the biggest problem that you have with a smaller cigar is you, you're typically always throwing away the same amount, mm-hmm. right? Like, unless you're nubbing every single cigar, which is not my style, right? Um, you're pretty much always going to end up with at least an inch in the ashtray, um, especially, like, if you're going through a few of them. And you're like, ah, just, I'm going to light it. I mean, going to relight that for the three or four puffs I got left on it or whatever. I'll just grab yeah. another one. I got a box. Um, but, yeah, man, like, I would I would bet very heavily that if you checked in with me um, in a couple of months, DBL is probably going to make up, you know, a good third of my cigar smoking just because of the price point. And a nice to not be smoking the exact same thing over and over and yeah. over every day. Yeah, I like... Um so I smoke a lot of the uh, the industry killers that Sanj Patel put out. That's my my golf course cigar. It's unbanded, good price for what it is. Um, I really I really like the Umagog. 
I do too. And, That's my favorite cigar oh, in his lineup, oh, yeah. man. And it's, it's the, the least the cheapest one, yeah. right? Oh my god, you messed up, buddy. But uh my birthday's coming up in exactly a week. Oh. And so like my week I, I pick out all the good cigars. Uh I have a couple Davidoff. I have a Byron. I have two Byrons actually. Uh, I'll probably throw in some red meat lovers. See, that's interesting because you're going to cigars that are like a little bit lighter, uh, older. Uh, I think of them as a palette for an older guy. Yeah. Um, and stuff that's priced out pretty heavy, which I get like if you're treating yourself and you dig it, cool. But for me, those are not in my wheelhouse right. anyway, which is probably fortunate. <clears throat> Uh, because if they were, I would be in, in a lot more financial turmoil than I currently am. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had some $30, $40 cigars that don't even punch close mm. to the $8 cigars. Yeah. And even, even, uh, Padron, like I love the 1964 anniversario, mm-hmm. but the, is it the diplomat? A size, is, there's a less expensive size by like a, a pretty reasonable margin the the little one it's not little um it's a weird Mm -hmm. like thin cigar like a little longer maybe a lonsdale might be longer than a lonsdale but there's a particular patron that where the other ones are all in the 20s that this one was like 16 or 18 bucks and it's not the principe is it i don't know it could be Hmm. Uh, i i don't recall it's been a while since i've had them i'd give them at uh, route 19 cigar i like that place because they have the uh the buy three get one or something like that. They have a deal on everything in there. Um, it might even be, I think it's three and one, but it always like messes with you. Cause you go in there and you're like, all right, man, I'm like spent 40 bucks for the weekend. And so like, you're looking at getting like they carried charter Oaks and stuff and, and stuff that I would really enjoy that was on the lower end of the price point. But then it's like, okay, if I throw in, I could throw in a Padron, but it like screws up the whole yeah. the whole idea. Like now I'm paying sixteen dollars uh, for the cigars and getting you know a, a six dollar cigar for free. Right. So then you're like, well, I guess I may as well get three of them. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I want the cheap ones too. So you go up, you buy the Padrones first, and you act like you're getting ready to go out the door, and you're like, eh, second thought, I'm gonna grab a few of these as well, <laughs> <laughs> just so that. You could get like uh, nine cigars and not have your free ones all, all be the cheap. Yeah, uh, I've been guilty of that. So that's okay. <laughs> uh, so, do you have a shop that you frequent more than others? Do you uh, travel around more often, or I would say the two that I go to the most: uh, Nelson Laguastos and Irwin, just because it's by my house. Okay. Um, the only the only thing I don't like about it is they don't have a lounge. If they had a lounge, I'd the, probably never leave. You have leave. to pay for the lounge, huh? No, that's the one in Greensburg. Oh, oh, oh okay. So uh, the Irwin one is just just retail. Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm gonna go hang out at a lounge, I've I've done Leaning House a couple times. Um, you know, it's it's just a little bit out of my way, but I'll I'll go there. Uh, especially like I like to, I like the Leaning House brand. Yeah. So yeah, you know, very good. When good, I run out, house one. yeah, I'll go pick those up. Um, outside of that. Dirty Dogs is probably the most frequent. I'll go down to Leaf and Bean on the weekends. Lindsay likes to go there, and we'll get coffee. We'll have a cigar. We'll sit outside, hang out, and then go walk around and shop. Yeah, hell yeah. That's um, a cool cool uh, venue for that, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see just the tip open, for one, like brand new. Like everything's going to be fresh, new, oh, it is. modern. Except um, for the furniture. 
That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's some cool furniture there. Yeah. I, I'm, last time I was there, I sat on a bucket, so I'm not going <laughs> to complain. It's all going to be an upgrade, huh? But, uh, but yeah. Real close to your work, huh? Oh, yeah. Ten minutes. That's good. Oh, yeah. That'll now, work out. Now I will go to the office. <laughs> <laughs> or, or say so. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you, you, you go rent out the conference room yeah. in the back. Yeah, I'm going to go to lunch <laughs> for a little bit, and then I just never return. That's right. That's right. Or, you know. Hey, honey, I'm going into the office. I thought you were working from home. Ah, they asked me to come in. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> later on, they catch you in the background of somebody else's picture on Facebook. I'm glad she's not here now. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm super psyched for Sam, especially so. I, like, we stopped by today to get the cigars, and uh, he was like, "We're almost there." And I'm like, you know what's really cool is I believe you this time. Yeah. Like, you've been saying that for six months. Every time I come in, you're like, look, we did this, this, and this, <laughs> and this. We're almost there. And I'm like, bro, you have no walls. <laughs> like, there's no fucking walls. You're still running over to the laundromat to pee, dude. Like, you got no toilet. Man, come on. Um, but he's like, he's he's pretty pretty much there. So that's yeah. very exciting for him and uh, for all of us, man. Just to have a new place to be excited about. Now, I don't, I know I've seen you at Leaning House for the PCC karaoke, mm. <laughs> but not you. You guys never do the uh, the the live music shows. No, I'm I'm not. So I'm antisocial. Okay. Um. I'm not really antisocial, but I, I don't like large crowds. I don't like so like if I'm gonna go somewhere and have a cigar, I want to be able to sit back, talk, hang out, and like that's just not a good venue for that. And it's not that, not that I wouldn't go to one. It's just not my preference. That, that makes a lot of sense uh, for me personally. I just think it's a, uh, it's like a great event just because yep. it's like there's something going on. Right. Other than you're not just hanging out in a cigar lunch, like which is cool. But for me personally, like, I can smoke in my house, I can smoke outside of my house, and I put as much effort as I can, I know you can't tell, uh, but into trying to make this a place for me to hang out with people and yeah. smoke, particularly more so outside. Uh, but I mean, like, we added the heater in here and the ventilation and stuff specifically so that, like, we could blow this place up in February with 10 people for a poker game and not have to sweat it. Um so, like, it's never been my jam to, like, go hang out in a lounge all day. Uh, but with that being said, like, you know, you go to the leaning house and it's like, oh, man, like, this is... And my wife's not a cigar smoker. So, like, for us, it's a place we could both go hang out, enjoy, yeah. smoke, um, hang out with, like... Dude, I knew nobody there the first time I went to the live show except for Dave. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, since then, dude, it's like we walk in and we know everybody and they're our friends. And it's like we're all excited to see each other and we'll hang out and bullshit in between or um, afterward, dude, like we're always shutting that shit down at like 3 a.m. <laughs> um, so it's like really cool for the after parties and stuff. But like if you're into live music at all, I don't know if you are. Yeah. Um, it is like one of the coolest places to see it just yeah. because it's so close, man. It's, yeah. it's not a ridiculous amount of people. You don't have to worry about that jackass that's so excited they got to stand the whole fucking time. It's like, now I got to stand the whole time or I'm not going to see anything. Um, and my knees and back are just not cool with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to sit the fuck down and see some shit, man. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it makes sense. 
uh, from your perspective. I, but I'm hoping I can entice you uh, later on in the event section. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll come out. Maybe we'll get you out for one. If nothing else, you bring a fucking crate of tomatoes or something with <laughs> you. Fucking, it'll be uh, be a good time. Um, so actually, you know what? Let's let's go ahead. I know we're hitting the tent poles a little bit fast, but let's go ahead and just get into the events proper, and that way I don't have to keep dodging around shit. I don't have a. Uh, I still don't have a sponsor uh, for this event, but maybe soon, Rick Evers, you know, we, we could work something out. Let me know. First and most important on the lineup, I cannot stress how big this one is. We're going to drum roll. Friday, June the 30th, if I'm not mistaken, the one Ryan Seneca's birthday. No. You said, exi- oh, wait, today's Monday. July 3rd. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking that today You're okay. Yeah, you just, you just got back from vacation. I, You're I'm, good. It's, it's Friday for me, yeah. except for that I have to work tomorrow. But sometimes yeah. I have to work on Saturdays. Okay. Anyways, Friday, June the 30th at 6 p.m. Be a part of local cigar history as the Cigar Junkies podcast does their first live show from Just a Tip Cigars in South Park, Pennsylvania. Now, I want to clarify... The shop is not technically open. With that being said, it doesn't mean that you can't come in and buy something from Sam. He's been selling shit there for like months. Uh, but you can come in, get a sneak peek, look at the shop, hang out, have a cigar, uh, and watch us do the show live for the very first time. It is going to, for better or worse, be the new home of the Cigar Junkies. Uh, it's going to suck for me a little bit schlepping this equipment over there every fucking Friday. <laughs> Um, probably going to run into some technical difficulties the first couple of times just get out of getting in a habit of setting up. Um, but nonetheless, please uh, come hang out with us. Come watch us do the show. Come check out the shop. It's going to be exciting. Uh, also, on Friday the 30th at Smoke in Bridgeville, Drew Estate uh, is going to be on hand. Uh, they'll have all of the cigars, all of the swag, Food and drinks provided. If you've not been to Smoke in Bridgeville, you don't know what you're missing. If you have, you know Stephanie and Casey Bonacontro do an amazing job. Um, they've turned that place around. It is an incredible shop. Um, they do great events, and I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Uh, one more busy day on Friday, June the 30th. House of Feruza. I can't steady my arm here. House of Feruza Cigar Lounge Membership Social a night featuring new prospective members to get a chance to meet the staff and members and be introduced to the lounge formally. Uh, they also encourage recent and non-recent members to meet and share a nice evening. The, the night will host a free cocktail bar, a free cigar at the door. Uh, $20 is all you'll need to get in. And uh, for members and guests uh, of new members are free. Uh, the guest of a member... Yeah, I don't know how he's got this word here. The guest of a member requests membership. The evening will be refunded to the member. So, I mean, there is a fee. I don't know. It's going <laughs> to I think it's 20 bucks discounted to members and members uh, guests. $25 at the door for a non-member without a member sponsor. That makes sense. Uh, if you request membership, again, your evening will be refunded to you. So, uh, if you're thinking about joining anyway, I mean, this is kind of the time to do it. You get a little something, something out of it, you know. So I highly recommend it. If you have not been to House of Feruza yet, uh, I don't know if it's Bethel or South Park. I think it's Bethel Park uh, on South Park Road. 
Um, it is an awesome venue. Um, if you do not have the ability to smoke at home or if you just want somewhere to be able to get out and call your own and have your own space and be able to uh, socialize, it's definitely worth checking out. Saturday, July 1st at Just the Tip Cigars. It's the PCC only soft opening meeting. This will be at Just the Tip in South Park, Pennsylvania, Bavarian Village Shopping Center. And the event will be for PCC members only. So if you want to attend, you need to be Berg local and sign up for the membership. Uh, note that the date is tentative on the final inspection for the shop, which he tried to bump up. So we'll be getting, uh, we'll be getting some information on that for sure any day here. For sure, you're going to find out on Friday uh, when Sam is here to give you more information. But again, I do want to clarify you have to be a PCC, which is Pittsburgh Cigar Club member. So if you are not already and you are in the greater Pittsburgh area, um, get on Facebook and uh, apply for your membership so that you will not be uh, turned away. Let's see. Do you think uh, if Mr. Jonathan showed up, would they let him in? Oh, I'd make sure he didn't know. Yeah, be like, he's mm-hmm. not. You, you, you can hear him, bro. You hear in his voice. You're not from here. I need someone to serve me drinks. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if you want to drink what he's serving you. Man. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I might not wake up. Yeah. The uh, the old uh, yellow ribbon cocktail. Uh, you might you might want to have someone taste test that one for you. <laughs> All right. Most importantly, uh, or least importantly, depending on your views, Saturday, August 26th, I know we're jumping ahead, but this is the reason that I uh, played Dave's bump for you guys today. At Leading House Fine Cigars, you can come hang out for an evening with the Strum Junkie. Now, who's the Strum Junkie? I am. And what does that mean? Well, essentially, it means that I've been playing music for three quarters of my life um, and never had the schedule or the luck to work it out to be able to play a gig anywhere. Um, so I've been uh, trying to bump up my catalog of tunes, and we're going to uh, Friday or uh, that Saturday uh, at 7 p.m. on the deck. I'm going to get up and try my hardest not to fucking suck terribly. Uh, I am sure I will fail on some level, but as I mentioned earlier, you could throw things at me. You could tomatoes. We maybe maybe we'll sell tomatoes as like a. a Cigar Junkies fundraiser, like five yep. bucks a tomato, 10 bucks for a rotten one. Uh, I think that's something we could do. 20 for an egg. Yeah. I, I, water balloons could be fun, except <laughs> for I want my equipment all destroyed. Um, again, expect nothing ridiculous, but there's a reason that we are not charging a cover. Normally, there's a $10 admission fee associated with a show at the Leaning House. Uh, this is just kind of an informal opportunity for me to kind of go out and jam and hang out with some friends and and see if uh, I might be able to break through into doing the live music thing. So uh, in addition to that, um, and I thank Dave for graciously allowing me to do this, um, we also have the support of our Cigar Life Productions or Dave and Patty Productions. Chichingo and Patty are going to be hanging out with us. They uh, are going to be providing food. They are making a pic- pitcher, like their you know, their big giant drink dispenser thing they have with like the green stuff in it at St. Patty's Day is going to be Donkey Punch. It is going to be the most expensive cocktail they've ever <laughs> distributed because there's a lot of vodka in that shit, kids. And the shit that ain't vodka is more expensive. 
uh, Krabby's ginger beer. Not a cheap date. Shit's like 55 bucks a case. Dave and Patty do it right. They do. You got to give it to them. So they're going to have food. They're going to have drinks. Uh, they're going to be there to, to hang out and support or make fun of uh, all, it's all things equal. It's all good. So come hang out with us, man. If you haven't been to the Leaning House yet and you thought, man, I don't want to pay to come out and see a show. I don't know who this band is. I'm not sure I'm going to like it. I'm telling you right now, come for free. I can promise you're not going to like it. Uh, but if you don't, you get your money back. So it's okay. Right? Yeah. All right. So you guys going to make it out for that one? As long as we're not working, we'll be there. <laughs> Call me in. Call me in. I got no time to explain. If we are working, we'll be at Star Lake. We can just drag you out there. That would be bad. <laughs> it would be very, very bad. Actually, the whole experience has already been real cool for me because I've had to try to expand like the songs I could play. Yeah. So like mostly because I would only pick up the acoustic uh, once a month or something and bum around on it. It's like the same songs that I've been playing since I was a teenager. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, okay, I need to pick up more stuff. What can I play by myself? Uh, I'm I'm talking to another guy about doing a, an acoustic duo thing. So who knows? Maybe that works out. And uh, by then I bring in backup and there's two strum junkies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been like jamming with some country stuff, like, you know, peripheral country that most people recognize um, and some classic rock stuff that... I didn't really think about before and, and just picked up and started playing. I was like, Oh man, this feels like really good actually. Um, so it'd be a mix. There's, there's something in there for you to, to love or hate. And like I said, if nothing else, you can make fun of me. No Taylor Swift. Ah, I was thinking about the Romeo and Juliet song. (laughs) Um, maybe, uh, Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. Uh, that was the best advice my mom ever gave me as a teenager was not to sing that in, in school. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that I lived up to that uh, advice, but uh, good time nonetheless. So a little further through, you're probably further. You're you're like a third more than me because uh, I have to do the talking on all the fucking reads and shit. But where you at? It's earthy, but it's like... Um it's like a. It's hard to explain. It's it's like an earthy fire. <laughs> All right, in a good way. I, I you throw it. some some uh, wind in there, and you got uh, you got some good old timey music. Yeah, dude. earth, wind, and yeah, fire. Yeah. No, I, I dig it. I. This is my first DBL. Um, I would buy a box of these, for sure. Well, now that you've seen the box, well, yeah. how could you not? Do I just like the key because I can lock her out of it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you come home and that shit's just busted all over the floor. <laughs> Fuck. It did not go the way I thought it would. Uh, nah, man. The key is you just uh, carefully reband all the shitty cigars with the good bands on them. That's what you save them for, bro. Smart. You're like, how you like that fucking Atabay over there? <laughs> 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 it's like a... Uh, um, oh, why am I going to brain for it on it? The, the uh, Macanudo. M- Macanudo Cafe Hyde Parks with fucking uh, out of bay bands on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be feeling like a tourist on the fucking Mexican beach with your fucking Cohiba glass top and shit. When I first started, uh, probably within the first couple months um, that I was smoking cigars, I went up to Presque Isle and 
thought I was the shit just sitting out there on the beach with my Macanudo orange. <laughs> Dude, that's nothing. At least that cigar could draw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I first got into it, so here's here's the story, right? Dad moves to Florida. Dad never smoked. Dad never drank. He moves to Florida, decides he's a pirate, starts drinking rum all the fucking time, and smoking cigars. So he's ordering all of these 50-count samplers from fucking... Uh, uh, from CI with like the five Cohibas sprinkled in and like the rest of them are all fucking trash you've never heard of. And so what dad did is he sent me the cigars he didn't like. <laughs> hey, try these. I'm like, all right. I'm like rolling through them and I'm like, these are all kind of weird. There's like an <laughs> elephant on the bed and shit. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, I just quit smoking cigarettes. And like a lot of it wasn't working for me, but I was kind of like excited about the idea. So we go on a family vacation with my in-laws down to uh, Powhatan, Virginia. And there's a little wine shop down there that sells cigars. And they have Hagurka. <laughs> and I'm like, I know that name because I know CI's catalog and shit. Like, I know that name. That's an okay cigar. And it's the Gurkha Assassin. And to this day... One of the coolest boxes ever made. It's got magnetic clasps built in, like drilled into it, right? Mm. And this like wood carving on the top that is just so cool looking. And me and my brother-in-law grabbed these cigars and we're smoking them on vacation. We're like, this is fucking great. Now, meanwhile, these things don't draw for shit. Mm. They, they're garbage. But we, we don't know that at the time because you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? You're feeling your way through and shit. But I'm like, this is acceptable like i can get through this cigar and shit and like i fucking feel cool smoking it or whatever it was um so yeah we we probably could have smoked carrot sticks more easily (laughs) those things were probably not well humidified didn't draw for nothing but like it was cool we enjoyed it at the time and like there was a there was a a good while where i was real heavy on the gurkha end and uh, like I'd be getting their sample, I'm like, man, I'm saving all this money. Look at this; it's like seven hundred dollars worth of cigars for fifty bucks. Right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, first of all, kids at home, what, what's uh, what's getting close uh, for the public service announcement from Uncle Corey? Let me just tell you, if they say it costs seven hundred dollars and they're selling it to you for fifty, it's worth fifty if you're lucky. Probably twenty five because they're gonna make a profit on that shit still. <laughs> uh, off the soapbox, public announcement concluded. Um, but yeah, dude, this is the first time I've had this cigar um, so far, man. Like, I don't want to dive too deep into the fucking trope of uh, baseball metaphors, but definitely a home run uh, for DBL for me. Like, this is six or seven that I've had of their different cigars, and there's not been a single one that I haven't been impressed with the quality. Um, and, you know, like some of the flavors more than others, but d- like them all. Yeah. L- like, like them all. Like, if you watch this show and it's er- listen to the show in the early days, like before we even had the video, which wasn't that long ago, a year and a half, um, there was a lot of cigars that we'd smoke on this show that I wasn't excited about. And it was like, you know, I could respect this and I could respect that, but I'm not I'm not going to talk trash on it. But at the same time, I'm not going to kiss its ass either because yeah. it just isn't for me. And, like, the the truth of the matter is there are more cigar smokers out there with a different taste right. preference than me. So I'm not going to sit here and, like, act, like, superior about it. But, man, like, 
every single one of these is fired for me. So I, I'm looking forward to smoking my way through the rest of the catalog and fucking hopefully some of them pass. You know what's going to be disappointing, though? And this is a good selling point for those cigars. Is that when you buy the humidor, as soon as there's a cigar missing, it's going to fucking destroy my OCD. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a humidor and a bundle, <laughs> right? Or a box or whatever, so that I can constant like i'll take one out and put one in like i probably just smoke it out of the bundle but like then i'm not sp- <laughs> i don't know like i'm a fucking idiot i did that with my island gyms yeah yeah it's just too pretty not like you got to have it full or whatever yeah. i don't know um drives me nuts because every every liquor bottle in my cabinet has like that much left in it <laughs> it's like i just don't I, I go to something else because it's like man if i finish that i'm gonna thin out the herd right <laughs> yep. it's gonna look like i got a lot less shit and a yep. lot less options well guess what the truth is i don't have that much shit <laughs> <laughs> it's all a lot of unopened stuff that i don't drink that i keep there for guests or it's stuff that i like that has like this much left in it so that i can say i have it yeah i have a couple like that you also have a lot of bottles. I do. How how much bourbon would you guesstimate that you have? And is there another cabinet for non-bourbon? All my non-bourbon is behind my bourbon. Okay. Um, but I probably get have, in the back. <laughs> I probably have about eighty. That's a that's a good bit of bottles. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lindsay tells me that uh, she thinks I'm on the spectrum because. Uh, when I get into something, I really get into it. And so, number one, cigars. Number two, bourbon. Number three, golf. Yeah. And, of course, I would pick, like, three of the most expensive hobbies to have. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I work for my money. I may as well enjoy it. You're not alone. Uh, I don't do anything halfway, except for my honeydew list. And I don't even start that. So, I'm okay. But, but like, very much the same, dude. Like, if I get into something, my wife's like, oh, no. <laughs> because... I just can't help it, man. Like, if I'm interested, I'm all the way interested. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Hi, Colby, by the way. Um, dude, our viewers jumped way the fuck up for a minute there. We're still holding pretty good at night, but uh, we bounced for a minute. Uh, so, like, I don't know, man. Like, there's just something about my mentality that, like, once I get into it, I'm into it. Like, the podcast is a great example of that. Like, the cigars were one thing, but then, you know, the equipment on the podcast I can show you pictures like a flip book of this shit growing out. Um, it was that way with photography. It was that way with power tools, um, video games, computer stuff, music. Um, I never get interested in a cheap hobby. What's up, Seth Jones? Um, never. Dude, like everything that I like is like expensive. Uh, so like when somebody like comes by and is like, dude, golf. Like you don't know, like you're gonna you're you hate it, but then it's just gonna click and you're yeah. gonna sink your whole fucking life into it. And I'm like, I don't need to sink my whole life into something else. Like, let me stay bad at at golf and do it like once a year just <laughs> to like fucking make my presence known for the work uh event or whatever. But like I don't I don't need something else to run off and do and spend ridiculous amounts of money on. Like I'm covered way more than I need to be so are you are you that way with golf too are you like whole hog in like do you have the expense of clubs and like i do i i have uh yeah probably about two thousand invested in clubs i'm about to if i can make it work in my garage i'm gonna do about a ten thousand dollar golf simulator so i can play in the winter time damn yeah 
But I keep thinking that I'm going to have money for that kind of shit soon. Because, like, my kids are, my daughter's going to be 17 and my son's 15. So I'm like, man, I got three years. <laughs> but really, the expense ain't going away. Like, fucking college and shit. And yeah. My son don't plan on moving out for at least, you know. Well, he don't plan on moving out at all. <laughs> <laughs> he said it flat out. He's like, I'll live with you guys forever. I imagine there's going to be a point in time where he's going to want a little bit of privacy. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping anyhow. Uh, but if not, like I said, I, I've said it on the show before, it'd be like, all right, man, half your money, I'm holding on to it. And then that way, when I kick you out, I won't feel bad because you'll be able to buy a nicer house than I have. Yeah, I, I probably, I, I bet you I lived with my dad until I was about 24, 25. But, you know, for me at that time, I was going, so one thing about EMTs, paramedics, we, we all work four or five, six jobs. And so I would just go job, the job, the job, the job. And it just didn't make sense for me to, to get an apartment because I would never be there. Right. And so, you know, where I lived was basically just a crash pad. So what's the reason for that, for all those oh, jobs? Dude, pay sucks. It, really? So pay sucks. It, it's getting better. Like the the pandemic, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people started leaving healthcare. Yeah. And so I think that they started saying, like, we have to pay them or they're going to go do other stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it's gotten better from there. But, you know, when I first started... As an EMT, I was making seven twenty-five, um, and I was making when I became a paramedic, I was making twelve dollars an hour, wow. and yeah, and uh, you know for the the dude, job, that's got to be frustrating. Have you ever needed to go in an ambulance somewhere? Yeah. So like, you ever like look at that receipt and be like, "Where, where this money ain't going to us, bro?" Like yeah. fucking, and and to some extent, I get it, right? Like. There's a lot of overhead and expense for that stuff, you know, for having specialized equipment and vehicles and shit. And so, like, if it's not being utilized and you only get one call in a week, well, somebody's got to pay for that shit. And so, like, I get that. But at the same time, man, like, fucking a lot of times people come out of the hospital wishing they didn't fucking make it. Dude, I spent four days in the hospital and I think my bill was about 60 Jesus crazy. Christ. Yeah. You're like, yo, I work for y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> I can't make this in a year. <laughs> yeah. It, it was actually kind of funny, too. So, like, my, my ambulance ride was free because I made sure that the people that I worked for came and picked me up. But the uh, when I was in the hospital, when they found out what I did, like, they just made me take care of myself. <laughs> so And then still charged you? Uh, yeah. but Wow. It That's okay. kind of fucked up. Like I said, I'm antisocial. I wanted the privacy anyways. <laughs> Take care <laughs> of yourself. I can't imagine uh, any infliction that you would be under that, that would require a four-day stay in the hospital where they'd be like, nah, you got this. <laughs> like, well, let me go home then. Yeah, I wanted to. They They put me through four days of testing and didn't find anything and kicked me out, but... For that four days, I probably saw my nurse four times. Yeah, find a fucking blue crayon jammed you know, up in there in the know. x-rays. I don't think they went deep enough. Yeah, fucking <laughs> always hold their thumb over it just perfectly <laughs> to cover it up. <laughs> fucking Dr. Hibbert, that shit. That's, uh, that's crazy, man. Like, I, I actually thought that was, like, a reasonable profession. Why is this country so fucked up, man? I mean, it's, it's getting there, so I, I see... But, you, but no, man, it's not, because... The jobs that do pay really good money that are accessible 
for people that don't have means for college educations. It's and first of all, that's practically fucking half of them. You could throw them in the trash, anyways. Right. But like, I work in a steel mill. Like, I can take the dumbest kid off of the street and bring him in, and he can do a reasonable enough job to fit in with the rest of the, the group and make a hundred grand a year. Yeah. Um, but then the people that literally are the tent poles of our society, like teachers that are like you're depending on to raise the future of this this country. And then the people that you require to keep them not not just healthy, but fucking alive. Right. Get jacked shit. It's yeah. it's crazy. And and meanwhile they're fucking charging out the ass. Yeah. I mean nursing is booming. I I see nursing jobs that are, you know, 80, 90 bucks an hour. Oh, Seth Jones. I would love Seth Jones to be a nurse. Is, oh. <laughs> Have you seen him in person yet? He said, yeah, I saw the picture. Is he coming to... He's, uh, he's gonna. He's coming to town next uh, Friday, dude, I think. Bro, we're going to hang uh, out. Oh, dude. I can't wait. He could hang us out. He's fucking massive. Nice. Dude, do you watch Marvel shit? No. Not at all? Nope. Are you familiar with any of the characters? Yes. Yeah. You know who Kingpin is? Nope. <laughs> oh, dude. He's this big dude with no hair that's just built like a fucking rectangle with a necktie on. So <laughs> Just fucking refrigerator of a dude. When I got the, the picture of Seth Jones, <laughs> the first thing that I thought of, Seth, don't, <laughs> he's going to beat me up on Friday. I, he's I very thought, gentle. Oh, good. I'll need it. I thought of Seth from American History X. Oh, shit. Big, fucking, uh, big bald dude. Yeah. Yep. Ethan Supley. I don't know his name. Yeah, dude. Fucking, he's, <laughs> uh, My Name is Earl. Uh, dude, I, Did I you, don't watch You movies. didn't watch My Name is Earl? I don't watch movies. Uh, I watch Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, another great movie? He was in uh, uh, Remember the Titans. I've seen. The fucking football yeah, movie. That's yeah, the I've one where that. he's gotcha. the fucking yep. big dude Got doing it. the, oh, man, I just gave your mama a piggyback ride. She's twice as big as me. <laughs> um, and then he was in fucking Boy Meets World. As one of the bullies in mm. Boy Meets World, uh, Butterfly Effect. He's the big fucking goth dude. I feel like we talk about this motherfucker all the time. Um, and then what was the last one? Mallrats. Do you see Mallrats? Nope. No. He's the fucking guy staring at one of those. Remember in the 90s, the uh, 3D p- uh, pictures were like a real big deal? Like the fucking printed picture yep. and you yeah. like had to look at it the right way. I'm one of those people that never saw, ever. I've <laughs> never seen the picture of one of those. Not once. Um, but he's dude like looking at this fucking picture. He's like, I come in here every day for the last week. They say there's a sailboat, but I don't see a sailboat. All I see is a bunch of lines. But today I packed the lunch and I've got a can of pop. And I'm going to sit here till I see that fucking sailboat. <laughs> 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 he like loses his shit and ends up trashing the place at the end. It's great. Very, very Seth Jones, I think. Yeah. I- I'm with you. I'm down with it. But no, he's. He's essentially a walking fucking eclipse for somebody of my size. Where does he live? Uh, fucking Connecticut, bro. Bro, you're coming all the way out of here. Did he did it last year? Did he? Do you know that dude? So fucking, we only knew Seth Jones as we know you. The difference is you're like fucking around the corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? But fucking Seth Jones, like, we're like, how the fuck do you find out about us up there in Connecticut? Because it was pretty early on. Yeah. And he'd be hanging out watching the show live and in the chat room all the time. And, um, so last this time last year, I guess fucking he had talked to Sam, didn't I didn't know. 
we're sitting here doing the show. Well, he was supposed to go to fucking Tampa for vacation and the hurricane hit. And so he's like, well, that's that's done. I ain't going there. So he's like, what am I going to do with my vacation this year? So he drove to Bethel Park and fucking came here for the weekend to watch us do the podcast. Nice. It was like, I don't know if I'm extremely flattered or concerned for your mental well-being. Yeah. That, like, that was the thing that you wanted to fucking do with your spare time and shit. But Sam didn't tell me. So um, he comes up the drive. We have the garage door open. Sam's like, it's nice out. Leave the garage open. And fucking look up, and there's just fucking all the lights gone. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's, it's like in a storm, and no, there's just hulking man in the fucking driveway. <laughs> I'm like, the Amazon guy already came today. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? And, uh, yeah, man, it was uh, Seth Jones. The fuck, so you don't recognize him? I'm like, motherfucker, his Facebook pr- pictures uh, uh, is Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's pictures of him on there, but I never look at him that close. I don't know. It's a little different. You know, your, your nerves are a little shaky whenever you got some giant man walking up your fucking driveway. <laughs> I don't know. Self-preservation, man. I was about to fucking push Sam out in front and run upstairs. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel about fucking the intern? Uh, so <laughs> he's a trip. He's uh, so I, I think he was great for the show. Uh, charismatic, just uh, and he's so I'm not into nerd shit. My man's into nerd shit. Oh, very much so. <laughs> but uh, like he is into any nerd shit you can think yeah. of, right? Like you pick a topic, and that dude fucking can pull out pictures of him dressed as that <laughs> shit in fucking middle school. Yeah, my the first time I met him was at the was at the uh St. Paddy's Day party. The shit stick. Yep, the shit stick. <laughs> fucking good time. Like he he's not here now because he's roaming construction sites looking in Porta Johns in the ashtrays. <laughs> so that'll be interesting too this Friday. So we did that show it was a great time, but the podcast was like the worst part of that whole show. Because the lighting is fucking terrible. We're, like, trying to set up in the corner. Everything's loud, which is cool. It's a fucking party and shit, but, like, nobody can hear us. There's no point in trying to pay attention, except for, like, a couple people are watching on their phones. Yeah, I tried. (laughs) Yeah, but it's hard, man. It's hard to follow along with and shit. So I was like, we got to do something about that. So fucking Jason hooked us up. We got a, a small PA system now. Nice. That... When we're doing the stuff live, we'll be able to run a monitor out so, like, everybody that's hanging out within a reasonable area of us will know what's going on without having to watch their phones or fucking, like, block out the excess noise and shit. So I'm looking forward to trying that out in person. We've we done some test runs here. I've, uh, <laughs> so I've taken possession of this equipment as my own <laughs> and utilized it thusly. So, like... My wife was real worried that we'd be able to fit everything into uh, Betty White is my truck's name uh, on the way, you know, up to Maine. And uh, I says, all I care about is if there's enough room for my guitar. <laughs> like, that's a last minute thing, but I'm hoping. Well, there ended up being so much extra room. We put a 10 by 10 canopy uh, a hammock frame uh, and the PA system in there. And so fucking... I set up a couple of times the PA system out on the deck so I could practice. Now, that sounds like maybe a dick move, but the, uh, these people on, like, 12 acres, like, you can't, yeah. you walk all the way down to the water, you can't see anybody else's property, <laughs> and at nighttime, there is one house, you know, the whole way across the fucking water uh, that you can see the lights on. Yeah. 
And um, so we are like by our fucking selves. And so uh, I met the homeowner. He come to deliver some firewood for us. Uh, they live around the corner in a farm. And I was like telling him like, I, know, I got the PA out there and shit. He was like, dude, you should run that shit down to the dock and fucking play as loud as you can and put on a show for the whole fucking like uh, the whole area. And I'm like, dude, I did not bring enough extension cords for that. That's like 500 feet. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, cool to have like his stamp on a, of approval to be like, no, like it's a, it, you're cool, you can play. Um, so <laughs> I'm fucking playing a show, and uh, on this deck by myself, man, like just fucking going through practicing because I know I got this shit coming up, and uh, so I'm just playing, plugged into the PA with my acoustic, and uh, my son's inside playing video games on his Switch, and Aunt Judy's hanging out out there, just sitting there getting some sun. And uh, my son comes out. He goes, Mom's on the phone. She says you're too loud. They're out kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, I get this. Well, first of all, my initial reaction was, what? She says, you're too loud. I looked at it. She said, is it bothering you? You think it's too loud? She's like, I think it's fine. I'm like, they can fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did turn it down after that song a little bit. Um, but so when I talked to him later, apparently they're like fucking a mile up the inlet, dude, <laughs> like a mile. And, uh, they're like, make, they, they were heading back toward the house. And so they come around this one quarter and uncle Artie, who is fucking deaf as shit, uh, and don't have his hearing aids in because of the noise from the wind and shit out yeah. on the open water. He goes, I think that's Corey. And she's like, you see Corey. And he goes, no, I can hear him. <laughs> She's like, what? She's like, holy shit, that is him. She, like, digs her phone out and calls. It's like, who cares, man? Like, it's the middle of the afternoon. Nobody's trying to sleep. Yeah. Nobody's around. Nobody can hear me in their homes. And, like, you're the only two people stupid enough to be on the fucking ocean with kayaks. Dude, that is a challenge. I bet. You ever do kayaking? <clears throat> so, I can't swim. Mm. And uh, so it was funny because... Advice against it. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay was... uh. She was asking what we can do for her birthday or, you know, she's like, why don't we go like kayaking or something? I said, you realize I fall out of that. I'm gone. I'm dead. She'll probably push me out. But it's okay. But side note of that, I do water rescue. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I don't know. I wear a light vest. <laughs> well, you wear one of those kayaking too, you know. Okay. So, I mean, you're just as good. I, I wouldn't want to wear it. I mean, you have to. It's the rules. There's no rules on the open water. Yeah. Well, I guess if as long as the Coast Bro. Guard or somebody yeah. doesn't come by. Come on, Seth. This isn't any shittier than it normally is, man. <laughs> I'm like, fucking y'all know what you're signing up for. Don't act surprised. Um, So I'm not a, a big fan of the kayaking. I like the idea of it. Yeah. However, for a man who is generally not very old, like I'm approaching 40, but I'm not old. Dude, that shit's hard on my body. I bet. I have a terrible back. Uh, I've got other issues. I had uh, arthritis in the AC joints, um, wrist problems, all that shit. So, like, it's just not a fun time for me. Um, so, we get out there, and she's like, oh, I want to go out to the bay. And I'm like, all right, fine, <laughs> whatever. It was like five of us. And um, initially, I'm having trouble, but I, like, hit my stride. I figure it out. Like, I get my body mechanics going. It's not so bad. But we've got the wind is pushing us, yeah. right? And and you got to be careful there because the tides are so extreme that when it's low tide, dude, the water's probably like seventy five hundred feet from our dock. 
Jesus. Like, it is just mud. Um, so it was like, you got to time that shit right, or you're carrying that fucker back a yeah. long ways, you know? <laughs> so we, uh, we're on our way out, and, like, I just stopped paddling, and the wind is pushing me at my back. It feels great. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm like, oh, no, coming back is going to be fucking terrible. And like, I'm like, we, we better watch how far we go and shit. And my wife's a pro. She does that shit all the time. But it's normally on lakes. So, like, they're all out ahead of me, like my wife and my daughter and shit. And I'm, like, trying to get their attention. Like, hey, guys, maybe think about, you know, turning back. <laughs> but my wife's just, she's one of those people that always has to see what's around the next corner over the next horizon. You know what I mean? Like, what if there's something cool there yeah. I can't turn around? Like, fuck. So I said, screw it. I turned around a little bit before them. Like, I, I, I tried to get, get some attention. But I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going, man. <laughs> like, come on, Aunt Judy, let's go pack. <laughs> and uh, they did. They recognized it and kind of, you know, caught up a little bit and stuff. Um, but we're, we're paddling back. And you stop paddling for a second and you're going backwards. I bet. Uh, because the tide's coming that way. Mm-hmm. And the wind is still pushing that way. It's choppy. There's waves. <laughs> and um, it was intense, man. And, like, I made it back with no problems. But, like, I am not pushing it. That's why I didn't want to go too far. Because, like, I have no faith in my abilities to get back yeah, here. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, we, we did that wrong, dude. I was like, what we should have did is treated it like a float trip in the river. And, like, drove a mile down the road. And put the kayaks in at low tide. Yeah. And then fucking explored. And, like, let the water just push us home. Yeah. <laughs> like, push us back. It'll That's be the way right. I would do it. Come back for the vehicle later and shit. You mm-hmm. know, like, we could have made that work. But we did it the hard <laughs> way, dude. We did it the hard way. Man, like, the listenership's jumping up and down today. Like, back up to 10. That's pretty good numbers, man. Like, I, I think, I don't know if it's just because it's Monday or if it's because you guys checked in and saw Sam wasn't here and decided to hang out or what. But uh, it's it's nice to see some friendly faces out there. Hi, Heather. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man, like sometimes these shows hit weird on different days of the week. Like we did that one Thursday at noon and there was like 20 people here. Who, who, who everybody's like sitting at their cubicle. And yeah, work, I was going to say they're probably like, all at work. <laughs> they're all like, fuck yeah, I can pay attention <laughs> to something else. I was just looking at my Facebook reels anyways. I'm still relighting this because I'm talking so much. Sorry, I should have more faith in you, Seneca. You're good. It's okay. But uh, yeah, water. Uh, water's not my thing. I've I've always had a phobia. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, how come like you never went? Okay, it's time to learn. Yeah, can't can't do it. Okay, so just, you're just scared of it. Was there a traumatic experience? Yeah. So when I was uh, when I was little, my dad had a boat, mm-hmm. and uh, so my dad, great guy. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not <laughs> this, the best. This story is not going to show him in the best light, is it? That's okay. He's not going to watch. Um, may- along with uh, many other people. Eh, what nine? Maybe it's the pretty face. Am I better than Sam? Oh, uh, it could be. I doubt it. You got this look on you that I, I I like. It's like like you look like a toddler up to no good. <laughs> like you're just standing in the corner having too much fun doing nothing. Uh, like you're shitting your pants, aren't you? Yeah. You're like yeah, you're gonna have to change this, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, so my dad. Uh, when I was little, he had a boat, and we'd go out on the boat every weekend. And uh, one day, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss you in the water." And uh, his wife, whatever at the time, was like, "I'll catch you." 
Those fuckers didn't catch me. I went all the way down. <laughs> and so ever but since But you didn't then, die. I didn't die, but I could have. I guess I could die doing a lot of things, but... But, uh, yeah. Like being water rescue when you don't know how to yeah. swim. Dude, I'm telling you, like, right after... So, when I was going through the certification for it, again, can't swim. They, they don't test for that? Oh, we tested. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how I passed. But, uh... They threw us in Ohio pile. I think it was November because it was cold as shit. And uh, we're, we're doing this thing where you have to self-rescue, float down the river, and uh, you have to swim to the side and get to what's called an eddy, which is where the water kind of calms down and you're not getting pushed anywhere anymore. So I'm floating down. I try to get to the eddy. I can't swim for shit, and so I miss it. The instructor comes up, throws me a rope bag, and he's like 20 feet from me. And so now I'm floating down like towards the waterfall, and I'm talking shit the whole way. I'm like, you're supposed to be the instructor, and you miss me by 20 feet? Like, <laughs> you're supposed to teach water rescue. <laughs> Fucking rescue me. So uh, one of my buddies, uh, I got close enough to the shore, and I mean, he's like six-something. And he just like held on with his feet and reached in and grabbed me and yanked me in. And I was like, bro, you just saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And then we're like, yeah, you know, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, so how'd you survive getting tossed and sinking to the bottom? Did somebody come down for you when you were a kid? I guess. I'm you ever? No, I mean, I, I remember I remember it happening. I, it's just I was so young that I don't remember all of it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, like, did you have to get, like, the kiss of life from somebody? No, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Trauma, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll respect that you tried to do the, the fucking test and shit. Well, my, Seems like a terrible idea. My boss made me. Oh, So okay. his his claim to fame. He like, was like, so fucking, all right, <laughs> seven fifty an hour, dying. All right, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Well, back, so I also, I don't like heights. Yeah. And uh, so when he first came in, the first thing he did as a team building was took a zip lining. And I'm like, bro, I don't like heights. He's like, get up there. <laughs> so we did that. And then you don't like, have to like it. Just do it. Yeah, well, I did. And it was actually fun. I would go ziplining again. But uh, after that, he's like, all right, now you're getting in the water. I was like, dude, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> like, See, ziplining bothers me a hair. Like, I've, I've, I've done the, a little bit of it. For me, I'm not necessarily afraid of heights. However, I am afraid of being in heights where I am not in control. So I do not care for, like, roller coasters and shit like that because I'm, like, waiting for something to go. You know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. seen fucking YouTube and shit. Like, this does not seem cool. Um, but, like, if, if I'm in control, if I'm, like, walking around on a ledge or climbing up something that I feel confident in getting up on top of or whatever, like, I'm cool. Which is funny because my wife freaks out in those situations, but she loves the the roller coasters and stuff. Um, but I think some of that for me was definitely work. Like I went down to a job in Baltimore. Shit, my son would would have been an uh, infant, so this is like two thousand eight, and uh, we go down. It's a boiler maker. If you don't know what a boiler maker is, excuse me. Every power plant in this country operates on a singular premise like they all have different fuels but essentially there's a large building made of pipes that are all right up against each other and fire is uh put in the middle and then the 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 water and the pipes flashes the steam turns the turbine right mm -hmm. well those things require upkeep and the boiler makers and the steam fitters are the ones that do it and so like you'd have to go in and cut out pipe and load a new and all that stuff 
And I was never good enough for any of that shit, but, like, I was great for the labor work, and they loved to cram me in the small places. Yeah. Well, so I come down there, and, uh, like, we were slow up here, and we were trying to buy a house. And I had, so I had to go. This was, like, the only work I could get. And it paid pretty good. And so I get down there, and I'm like, all right, here's where you're going to be, Banks, blah, 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 blah. And they fucking take me. And this, this, this is a fucking, the size of this boiler would blow your mind. Like, I bet you it's 10 or 14 stories from the inside of this hollow area where the pipe's all around you. And we've got lights hung up and stuff, but it's still kind of dark and creepy and shit. Very Batcave-esque, yeah. you know? And there's this fucking metal cable hanging from the very top that I can't see the top of. Attached to a little fucking uh, uh, cart? I don't know, man. Like, it, it's essentially a basket. Let's call it a basket that is... Got like a handrail and a midrail, and it's like, that's it. And there's this cable hanging down through this pneumatic powered thing. So there's an air hose, and you push the button, and it takes you up. And it's like, all right, you're going up there, and you got to shake these things loose and shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this does not sound like a fun time. Um, so uh, th- there was a lot of stuff like that that kind of made me go, like, okay, you can either like, make a living and provide for your family yeah. or you could go home and have nothing, you know, yep. and like th- things like that to propel you over the edge necessity <laughs> being the mother of an invention and also sometimes doing shit you don't want to. Yeah. Well, you know, so I used to work where you work. Uh, okay. And I appreciate you not saying the name, the name that must not be spoken. Correct. Um, and so one of the, one of the things that we had to do was we had to repel off of an overhead crane. And once you got up there, like, saying no wasn't an option. They made you do it. EOT crane, same location, it, or was it an outside crane? It was like, an inside crane. It was, uh, do you know where they store the old fire truck? Uh, it's, I, it's, in the external building or, like, an external it's, section? It's right next to, I think, the 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's uh, in, like, the south yard, I think, actually. Yeah, so it, I think it's below the CA line. Like yeah. south of there, they have a fire station yep. out there. Right? Yeah, but yeah. it was it was in one of the actual bays that they stored an old an old truck. But they took us in there because it's all storage, so we had to repel off the overhead crane there. And it was like they literally just tossed me off. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and back then that was ten bucks an hour. I'm like, this is not worth it. Yeah. But need the money, so did it. Yeah, I don't know how those guys qualify if they get paid as well as the. Workers do in the mill do now they do do they back then they didn't well shit if you if you'd like to work one job instead of five I got your six buddy um I'm good now I you know <laughs> I did the adult thing and went to college and yeah you know. now, now that Sam opened a new office for you yeah I like it <laughs> yeah to work fucking yeah a lot of those experiences in life man those sink or swim uh, pardon the pun but uh, <laughs> you know. There's a lot of that, too. Oilfield was the same way. Yeah. Everything was fucking terrifying when mm. you go out there because they just tell you nothing. Before you go out, like, I didn't know anything about the oil field. I did, like, a little certification training class about natural gas at uh, Steel Center. Yeah. And so, like, I get hooked up with this job, and I go through this whole training process where they literally tell you nothing about what your actual <laughs> job function is. Yeah. And it's hard to explain anyhow, so I kind of get it now. But it's like, man, like, you save a lot of time by telling people on the first day, like, now you're going to be outside 24-7. You're going to be fucking out in the weather. It's going to be hotter than hot and colder than cold. And, and like, 
there's going to be all of these things that can kill you everywhere. <laughs> so you get out there and you're like, yeah, don't touch this. It's got like 5,000 PSI on it or whatever. <laughs> and like you spend weeks like learning about all the different ways natural gas can kill you. And then you get out there and you see like oil dripping or you hear a gas leak and you're like, oh, isn't that a problem? And they're like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, if it, if it starts getting to the point where it hurts your eardrums, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap in there. <laughs> let me know how it goes. And she's like, oof. Uh, yeah, in the beginning, there's a lot, like, every noise makes you jump, dude. Like, fucking yeah. a, a mm-hmm. valve opens, like, an automatic valve. And you're like, what the fuck? Yep, been there. Run! <laughs> so. I got some of my old coworkers in the chat from that day. Oh, no shit. I do. Fucking, who, who's the one that grabbed you? They grabbed me? Yeah, like which, which? Oh, not in the. Oh, not, is this the this throwing is, you off? Yeah, thing? this is the throwing. That you we off went thing. through a lot of traumatic yeah, experiences. Yeah, I've had a lot of trauma. Maybe this is why I smoke. That's why we say cigars yeah. are cheaper than therapy. Look For at this sure. shit, man. Like this would cost you like two hundred and fifty dollars an hour in some office somewhere. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know? And Lindsay's back. Uh, yes, she is. Just to make sure that she can kick you while you're down. Yeah. Just keeping tabs. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's it's weird. You know, because I'm, I'm not, like, necessarily a pushy person, like, get over your fears and shit. Like, I get it. There's a fundamental reason that you have a fear of it. Now, if you didn't have an experience and you're like, nah, man, just that water shit looks weird. I'm uh, I'm not down with it. I might be like, I don't know. But you have an experience. You have an experience. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody does. Like, fucking biggest, scariest dude's afraid of something. Probably you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, fucking Indiana Jones was scared of snakes, bro. So am I. I'm not scared of those <laughs> snakes, you know? Like, fucking... Everybody's got something, so... Yeah. Let's welcome the new members to the group. There's some notable mentions in here this week. Let's start off with Roger Penton, Jen Scaly, Jess McConaughey, Tyler McConaughey. So we got a couple. All right, that's good. Coming by the twos. Noah's Ark, this bitch. David Garofalo, Barry Beliveau. Uh, I don't know if I ever invited Barry before. I don't. Th- I think I thought about it, but I'm like, nah, man, I can't want to waste his time with this shit. Barry's so Barry, good. Barry Bellavo, Barry Stein. But I was like, oh man, like I came to your shit. Like I'll, I'll invite him and see if maybe he ever catches some of this shit. And here's the thing: I feel like this show is way more Barry's vibe than the oh, yeah. Authority. Like way more. Yeah. Because like all we do is the fucking shit talking bullshit <laughs> and the stuff that he enjoys there. You know, you don't have to listen to Mr. Jonathan try to read nothing or, or Dave try to fucking pronounce words Bro. and shit. Like, you get a few minutes of that every episode with me, but, like, there's a lot more uh, just trying to take each other down as low as we can. can. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so, Barry, the, um, Mark Thomas Mans. And uh, if it's not obvious already, I think he's gotten it before. We try not to do repeats here, but participation trophy of the week. The consigliere, the one and only, Ryan Seneca. Therefore, you in a pinch unless you're in a kiddie pool and needs help. Uh, <laughs> or a bathtub. That's right. <laughs> well, that's not what I heard. I heard you're the man for the, the help in the bathtub, no? Yeah. I'm experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, fucking, I ain't coming in there, but I'll hold it for <laughs> you. <laughs> Make sure you don't get in too deep. Fucking, uh, so there was a lot more that I wanted to do in preparation for this shit, but as, uh, as I stated, it was a crazy, crazy week and a busy day. So I was trying to, uh, I was trying to get you yeah, photoed into the, or drawn into the, uh, the logo for the show, but it turns out I did not have the time. <laughs> it's okay. 
Yeah. So didn't make you a participation trophy yet either, but maybe we will. Maybe we'll get that. Did you get one before? I did. I'm a two-timer. Two-timer. Two-time. We have a guy at work. We call him two-time. Because <laughs> on the morning call every day, it's always, all right, we've got two for rest. Two-time. Two-time for rest. Three-time for uh, stain. Two-time for this. It's like everyone, oh, it's two-time. So... Fucking how was it, man? Like it's your, I know you've seen the show before. Fucking you had to sit in the seat. I, we, it's amazing how much you can look at that clock in the beginning and go, how are we going to get there? And then you get to the end and you're like, okay, this is the logical stopping point. But like I'm kind of having fun. Now. Yeah, it flew. Yeah. Was yeah. there ever a point in time in the beginning where you're like, yeah, I don't know about how, how far we're going to make it? Is that just me? So yeah, I was expecting the gong. We're, the, we're, uh, we're gonna get through one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, we'll be all right. If you, the best thing that could possibly happen is for you to be terrible, because then I could just fucking talk shit on you the whole time and feel okay about it. Because like it's for the show, we need it. You Have know you what met I mean? Lindsay, bro? I Not really. Don't you day. fucking left her in the car the whole fucking time, man? Uh, she was a trooper for that. <laughs> she came in, so you know. I know I've met her, yeah, uh, but I haven't spent any significant time with like getting to know her. Yeah, but we've we've been in the same room. Maybe um, uh, to be fair, this is the longest I've ever talked to you. Yeah, it's usually like passing by and hey, what's up? Yeah, or like fucking hey, man. Uh, we're not going to give you anything, but while <laughs> while we make you more more active on the Facebook yeah. group to draw in some some uh, just to have something in between the show posts, uh, you know, we got Stephen Wells though. That motherfucker's out there trying shit. He's got them. He's stacking the badges all the time. I know, dude. Motherfucker's cruising. I'm like, you're going to run out of cigars, dude. <laughs> he's like that dude that like fucking reaches that point on Google where it's like you've reached the end of the <laughs> internet. <laughs> That happened to me on Facebook the other day. I was scrolling down, and it, it was like, you know, you're out of content. And I'm like, there is no fucking way. Yeah. My internet just froze. Uh, that'll happen. I'm waiting for the uh, day that, uh, you know, like, did I, did I hurt myself here by inviting uh, Dave and, and Barry? Is <laughs> Dave going to check it out and be like, listen to the intro and be like, if you came here for the authority on all things cigars, and you meant lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... Essentially, we are telling people we are the opposite. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you can't be hurt. Yeah. Plus, uh, what damage are we going to do anyway? Yeah. You know, steal, so. steal two of them listeners. <laughs> <laughs> We're up to, hey, 10, 11, 12. Dude, I seen 20 at one point, real briefly. Nice. And, and as Sam says all the time, is like whenever we have the, uh, the show shared out to different places, it's hard to really know who's where. Yeah. And if they're actually, uh, if we can tell they're there. So, I don't know. All of this stuff, that's the one thing that's, that is really such a big question mark as somebody doing this shit is like, is any of the analytical information that we are getting accurate? Like, and if it is, how, how accurate and yeah. where? Like, we know Spotify numbers. Is it giving us Apple numbers real well? We don't know. We know it's probably, it's not giving us demographics on anybody from anywhere else other than those two places. Yeah. But, yeah. like, are the numbers good? Are the numbers, you know, who knows? Do you get a lot of people that listen after the show? Um, Like, we still do pretty decent on the audio. Yeah. Like, the, and it's, it's, the nice thing about it is it's consistent. So, for the most part, we don't see drops. And when we do, you know, they've been indicative of, like, weather changes or something like that where we're like, okay, you yeah, know, people are doing this for the holiday or people are going outside more right. or, or whatever the circumstances are. There's never been, like, 
a downwards uh, trajectory or too many spikes. But we did have that one weekend where numbers were just like fucking 10 times what they normally were. Mm. And we're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> we made it. And then it just went away after like two or three days and never came back to that. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so what happened? Did we get a window into numbers we were unaware of? Um, are those numbers just farcical? Um, did maybe... We, we, we speculated that maybe when we were new, iTunes put us up like fucking, you know, as a new thing or something. And it caught yeah. some attention from banner ads and then everybody just fucked off. But I don't know. Mm. But the old shows still still gaining some traction. Like the older shows have hundreds of listens. Um, the current ones are usually somewhere in like the 30 to 50 range. But the other thing that's really hard is like we know how many people watch us live mm-hmm. here, and I know how many people watch the YouTube, which is less fifteen twenty. Yeah, on average they get get some steam once in a while. But like the thing is like, well, how many people go through Facebook, uh, the group, and see the show on live because it's still up there? Yeah, and they just play it that way. That's a number we're never going to know about. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say. Like, everything's all over the place. We just appreciate that anybody's here. Yeah. Because for a long time, we figured it was just going to be us talking to us. Yeah. I know. I have a couple episodes I want to catch up on. I missed the, uh, what was the golf guy? Oh, fucking Chasing Birdies with Jonathan Pepe. That was actually a great show. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be. A a lot of those shows, like for Sam, that brought in people that were like outside of the industry. Um, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how it's gonna play. Like, they might just have to come along for the ride and shit, but like, they end up adding something. Yeah, and it's, it's actually almost easier to talk to somebody about something outside of cigars because you don't have to. We we really hate dipping into that same pool of questions, right? Like, fuck, what kind of tobacco do you use? What got you into it? Like, you know, what's your favorite tobacco? It's like you can only do that so much, man. Like, you're hearing the same shit over and over again. Yeah. So it's it's fun to ask somebody something different and so someone coming in that just has a very small knowledge base about cigars but has something to offer about something like who knew somebody was out there renting night vision goggles right like that's kind of fucking terrifying or you know (laughs) yeah true or uh you know the the points for the black owned businesses uh you know i i i really liked the like four guests in a row that were like that because Mm -hmm. i you know i can i can watch other cigar podcast and you know smoke with them and and learn all about the cigar but like i already know a lot of that stuff right i didn't know shit about floating in salt water (laughs) like or you know it it was good i i really i like that i like it i want to incorporate a little bit more of it i personally i still want to get on the train of going like okay let's get some some alcohol people in there just because it's like, man, a lot of people can relate to that or at least it gives you like a little bit of something else. It's like, oh man, I picked up something I didn't know about bourbon today or I didn't know this about craft beers. Um, I I think those are easy, popular choices, but like we've had some interesting ones that have just kind of come in and been like, oh, like I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, And the guests have all been really cool people Mm -hmm. and fun and like, um, didn't take it too seriously, fortunately, because otherwise <laughs> they'd have probably walked out. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, too. It's like the Cigar Authority, I know I'm never going to know as much as those guys. Right. However, there is a certain point of listening to that show where you start to feel like you learn less and less all the time. And some of it gets a little repetitive, and it's like, you know, hey, I know how to cut my cigar, and I know how to light it, and I know how to store it. So you get some of these questions that come in, and it's like, man, I 
I don't need to listen to this anymore. Mostly, I probably still would if I was traveling as much as yeah. I used to, just because it was like, this is so much better than just looking at a fucking road right. and trying to stay awake. Um, like for real, those guys very likely have saved my life just by giving me something to keep me awake on a fucking road. For sure. Same. <clears throat> but like, yeah, it's been neat, man. And I, I look forward to maybe having some different experiences and, um, you know, this is not the place you're coming to, to learn to be a cigar expert. Like we'll help yeah. you out with some little stuff if you're new or whatever, or maybe give you a perspective that you hadn't thought about before on certain things. Um, but it's really weird, too, because, like, I'll talk about stuff that Sam doesn't know. And and Sam's, like, the guy opening the store. Now, there's going to be a point where he's definitely going to surpass me because he's going <laughs> to be submerged in right. cigars all the time. But even, like, from the beginning of starting the show, because we didn't know much about each other. So it was like, I would talk about shit, and he was like, I didn't know that. And I'm like, oh, wow, that blows my... You sure you want to open a cigar store? Like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're getting into? Um, but he's the kind of dude that... that he's like us, but very business minded mm -hmm. of like, no, once I'm committed, that's it. There's, yeah. I'm going to sink or swim. I'm going to pass or fail, but I am going to put every, uh, ounce of my energy and mental capacity into it along the way. Yeah. I didn't know that before Jason started coming on the show that Sam and Jason didn't know each other. Mm. And I was talking to, I was talking to both of them and I was like, you know, it's just kind of cool, like, seeing, like, you can tell that you guys have known each other for so long, and you just click, and Jason was like, bro, we just met, and I was like, what? Well, that's what everybody said about us whenever we started doing the show, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there was something to be said for that, too, is because every conversation's a new one. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't feel repetitive for us, either, because it's like, oh, we've never talked about this before, we don't know this about each other, and so it's fresh for us as well. Um, but like Heather's a really good example of like, I met her at leaning house and she was like, Oh man, like, it's really cool that, that you got, you guys, how long have you known each other? Like you guys have been best friends forever. And I'm like, yeah, you listened to us meet essentially. We met one time before this, that's it. And, um, you know, I think there's something to be said for that. Like my wife says all the time, like you got real lucky with Sam in terms of the chemistry that you guys have. And I absolutely believe that. And it, like, I think a lot of people are surprised like when the show's over, we're not hanging out three days a week. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, and and I think there's a part of each of us that maybe would embrace that if either of us had the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's weird too because, dude, I've been I'm one of these people my whole life that generally puts more into relationships than most people, right? So like in terms of friendships and shit, like I put myself out there. I'm like I'm invite people over or. Um, you know, call people or text or like, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? What's going on? And like expect that the people are going to be the same. And just you, you got to learn at some point not to be offended by it because just most people aren't. Yeah. So it's like there was a lot of times where I'd say, man, if I didn't make a phone call, my my phone wouldn't ring for a month. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just because I'm the guy that does the calls. Um, and like I met Sam and like we clicked and everything was really good. In the beginning is like really excited. And it was very much just like, no, we're talking once a week other than being here. But it was like the first time I think that I've ever been excited about a friendship like that and been like, okay with it being what it is because it's, it's so cool being able to do it here. Mm -hmm. And like, it means so much more. I feel like doing it here that it's like, no, nah, it's fine, man. 
you got other shit going on. Like, I'm not even, like, I'll send you, extend you the invite. Like, fucking, you know, I would love to have you, but I know you can't. But, yeah. man, just in case something fucking the stars aligned or something and you want something to do, hey, come over and have a burger or something. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, if you're not planning shit out like six months in advance. Right. <laughs> that guy's got a lot of shit going on. He's um, busy. Fortunately, his garages are going to be a lot emptier soon. Because fucking all of that shit that he's been storing for the last year for that cigar shop is yeah. finally going in. Uh, so yeah, man, it's uh, it's exciting. But uh, like like we said, uh, soft opening uh, on Saturday for PCC members. The good news is, if you're not a PCC member, you can get in before them on Friday because you're a junkie and you want to fucking see some junkies talk about stupid shit. Like, yeah. why why do it on your phone? When you could come fucking listen to us through 155 decibels of PA speaker bliss. Yeah. I don't think it goes that high. You know? I, I'm not real good. I don't know what the range of decibels is. Me either. 155 sounds like bad for your hearing. So it's just, I picked it. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of the people. So I shared this on my page. And I know a lot of the people that tuned in are either casual sm- cigar smokers or haven't smoked at all. You know, join, come out. Have fun with us. It's going to be a good night. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that's one of the things that, that people just don't get until they see it. Yeah. Um, my, my wife is the best example, dude. She never, she would say, I don't, I want to have a social life that doesn't include being drug out to your cigar events. When we went to very few of them at that point, because I just had so much other shit going on. But we started going at like, to regular events where there was something happening other than just hanging out at a lounge where you're going to see the smoking blues or you're going to a fucking dinner or you're going to a show at the leaning house. And, um, it's like, man, like fucking this shit accounts for probably 90% of our social life now. And she's thrilled about it, dude. She walks in the room and sees one of her buddies across the room and they're fucking, (laughs) you know, arms up and, and, and doing the bounces and shit. It's cool. Um, so, you know, give it, give it a stab. You don't even have to smoke a cigar. Just come hang out and, and, uh, see what it's like, I guess. I yeah. That's what G2 does with Lindsay. She walks in and G2's just freaking out, jumping up on her lap. G2's the dog at Dirty Dogs. Oh, I was going to say, what gotcha. the fuck's a G2? Yeah. <laughs> out of my bubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, True. There's yeah. still a lot of places, man. Like Dirty Dogs, one of them, uh, Smokestacks, one of them. There's... A few places that are just kind of on the periphery of my areas and stuff. So uh, definitely going to have to to get around to more of them. But uh, final thoughts on the DBL. And I know you're oh. on the Umbagog now, but like uh, just your your final stamp. I would 100% buy it. 100%. I would buy it by a box. I would buy mm-hmm. it by the cabinet. I'll buy it in a fancy-ass humidor. Fuck yeah, let's go. To lock the wife out. Uh, I think somebody that likes fire-cured tobacco, you're going to love this. Somebody that doesn't know how you feel about it, I still think you'll like it. I think there's a really good chance for you. The best thing I can say about it to anybody just as like a, if you didn't know how you felt about Fire Cured, this cigar is not boring, man. No. Like, it is interesting. It is different. It'll, it'll like, if you're, if you feel like you're in a slump of like smoking shit that isn't exciting you or kind of feels samey. Um, this is going to wake you up a little mm-hmm. bit for better or worse. Um, and, and for the quality and the price point, man, like I don't think there's anything in their portfolio that you would 
be wrong to jump on. Yeah, the the fire cured when I so when I was new, didn't really know much about it. And uh my buddy was like, dude, get one. It's like smoking a campfire. I was like, I don't want to smoke a campfire. You but don't then think like, you do? Yeah, I did it and I was like, Oh my <laughs> god, is this good? It's it's really cool, man. Yeah. Like the aroma is incredible. The cold the thing is like the cold draw just like anything else, if you have something that's barrel aged, um, the cold draw is where you're going to get it more than anything. Mm-hmm. Once the smoke starts coming through, the the rest of it's a little bit of a nuance. It's not so up front and center and in your face. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's quite as extreme as maybe it's made to sound. But um, I definitely am a big fan. You guys are going to hear uh, me spouting off about this company a lot more in the future, I'm sure. And uh, we look forward to getting a chance to hang out with uh, Rick and Francisco over at uh, Just a Tip in a very, very near future, hopefully. But uh, thanks for coming hanging out with us. Make sure you guys hang out with us this coming Friday uh, at 6 p.m. at Just a Tip Cigars. Uh, hit us up if you need more information, want to figure out where it is, anything like that. But uh, we look forward to hanging out with some of you guys in person, maybe for the first time. It'd be super cool. Um, but other than that, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, join the Facebook group. Email at thecigarjunkies at gmail.com. And you can find us uh, on the Galaxy Boutique for our shirts. Salute. All in it.